0: Yeah, and um, how was you guys Christmas? I hope your Christmas was good. Hope you got all the good gifts and ate food and fellowship. But most of all, we celebrate Jesus and we're grateful. His name is Jesus. We know he's not a baby in a manger, but we are grateful for who he is. And we're grateful for the father that's sending his son down here so that we can celebrate him. And celebrate who he is and, and and be grateful that he came and that he died and he was risen and he sits in the right hand of the father. And we are seated in Christ Jesus next to the father in heavenly places because of what he did. So we celebrate him. His name is Jesus. Yes, he is wonderful. He is the counselor. He is everything. He is the great I am. He is yeah, he is everything we need and more. And we just bless him and we're grateful for him and we're grateful for the season in this time. And so we continue to keep that. We're not going to be like the world where we're just holding that one season, this moment and be excited. And then once it's over, we're back to what it is. No, this is our way of life. We are always in thanksgiving, always in praise and worship about who our God is, who Jesus is. He is king for all times. And so we don't wait for Christmas to celebrate. We don't wait for the Passover or or those times to celebrate. We celebrate him always. You can celebrate him always. Celebrate him in your life, in what you believe. So we're not waiting for special days. Every day is a day to celebrate. Every day is an opportunity to love on him. Just like Valentine's Day, love, love is not one day love is a lifestyle love is who jesus is love is a person's name is jesus so when i look into love your mate or love your special someone on one day love is every day love is every day Do you see the contrast between the kingdom of god and the kingdom of this world they highlight one day to honor people when honor should be every day i'm not looking for one day to honor my mom and dad or mother and father's day Honor should be every day because your honor means nothing to them. If you're going to go out your way to honor them on my mother and father's day, and you go out your way to honor them and make them feel all great. But then what the rest of the, the 300 other 64 uh, time of the year, you treat them like trash or you disrespect them. How is that honor? Come on. But we, we, we gotta be better. We, we, we we're, we're the believers. We set the tone we don't want to be like that there's got to be a difference i'm not saying you i'm just speaking i'm just speaking we there has to be a separation between us and them they do things on the hamster wheel when it comes on the calendar and the things that they do on the hamster wheel on the calendar is our lifestyle it's what we do every day and we do it from the place of rest in christ jesus not striving not trying to make it happen in our own strength but resting in him Are you hearing what I'm saying? Things that they run after, chase after, uh, make it uh, their, their thing, that this is the source of their life. This is what we don't have to. We just seek the one who holds it all in his hand. And if I seek him and get him, I get everything. I don't have to run after it. It's supposed to chase me down. It's supposed to come and cross my path. It's supposed to run after me, not me running after it. Because if I'm running after it, then that's the thing that holds my heart. That's the thing that has my treasure. That's the God that I'm serving. But when I'm serving the one who has everything, I don't have to run after it. He leads me to it. He brings it across my path. He's a good shepherd. What does he do? He gives me green pastures to to graze in. And he what? Leads me beside the still waters. He's a shepherd that takes care of. He looks after. Are you hungry? He'll feed you. Are you thirsty? He'll give you drink. His bread is good. Feasting on any other bread. And what do I mean by feasting on any other bread? Feasting on any other ideology, any other theology, any other thing that's other than What's in Scripture, what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal, what is being made known to you, what's going to build your faith and give you hope and give you the ability to achieve and overcome, overcome, can't come from no other place but His Word. Matter of fact, the Spirit of the Lord is looking for the Word. When you feel the Spirit of God descend in a room, it's looking to what? Connect to the Word you have read so I if you're going to worship him you must worship him in what spirit and in truth what is truth the word the word is the truth and if that be true Let's get into tonight, what we want to talk about tonight. I'm going to read something to you. And we're going to dig right in. We're going to jump to a lot of scriptures tonight. And so I hope that you got your lists. I hope you got your pen and your paper that you can take notes. And don't worry, this is being recorded. So we'll send it out if you need to go through it again. But we're going to dig in scripture right away. And I want you to just get this here. This is something God spoke to me the other day, and this is it's it's uh, it's something that is something we should live daily. But I really strongly feel the prophetic, um, the prophetic uh, eyes of God on it, letting us know what we need to be aware of and what's going on. And so, um, I feel that strongly. And so, as we're getting into it, we're gonna really dive dive in. And so, we may dig into all of it. We may have to go part two. We'll see. How it goes, but I want to get I want to see something here. There's no saying that says this, how you end is how you begin. Are you, have you ever heard that old saying? There's no saying that says how you end is how you begin. That's an old saying. I love old sayings because old sayings that people say come from real places. They come from real things that happen in everyday life, every day. And they, they have weight and, and they, and they mean something, not scripture. But some of those are founded in scripture, some of those you can find in scripture, you know, those these old sayings and these sayings come from real places. And so I want to read something to you Want to read an account in Genesis chapter three. And this is when the man and woman was already here. Things are going great. We don't know how long they were here, but they were here and all of a sudden they encounter this animal. And I believe this animal has been there. And they've encountered it because we see that when Eve is engaging this this particular uh, being, he is uh, she is not like taken back by by him talking to her. Can you imagine walking down the street and all of a sudden the, the dog that's sitting in somebody's yard just start talking to you and say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And you're like, what? <laughs> Dogs don't talk. So we know that this the Bible describes this particular um uh, being or animal whatever he, creature as subtle meaning he was slick he was wise he was cunning he was crafty with his words and he had this ability to speak but he was in the garden and eve didn't feel she didn't feel weird about speaking to him so i, I imagine there's a quite there's a possibility that she may have talked to him a lot she may have walked by and he may have spoken and, and 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 all of a sudden he decides now he wants to do his thing we don't know because god the bible doesn't give a lot of context on stuff so you know but when you think about it and you do your deductive reasoning you say hmm why was she not weirded out by this thing talking to her she should have been but here's the thing let's read genesis chapter 3 verse 4 and uh it reads here and it says here and the serpent said unto the woman ye shall not surely die Let's go back to verse three, or we'll just start at verse one. Now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, ye have God, what God has said, you shall not eat from every tree. And the woman says, unto the serpent, we may eat of every tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of, neither shall you touch it, lest, ye die. And then verse 4 and verse 5 is where we want to key in on. The serpent says unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. That conversation should have been ended the moment that you. this thing tells you that something that God told you is not true. You cut the conversation, in. we ain't got nothing to talk about. You're speaking against my God and you're telling me this is what it is. Sometimes some of us entertain conversations that we shouldn't entertain. You shouldn't entertain that nonsense. Somebody that wants to refute. That's just like the Bible says, take every thought and imagination that is lifted up against what the 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 knowledge of God. If I take that thought and say, wait a minute. That's not who I am, and that's not who God is. I'm taking that thought captive. I don't think that way. This is who I am. Why would you engage somebody telling you that what your God said, who cannot lie, oh, he's lying. The He called her, he called him a liar. You shall not surely die. But he didn't say he was a liar. He said in a very nice way, you shall not surely die. Because why? He's trying to convince her of something. If he comes in abrasive, he comes in offensive, what? You can't convince anybody of anything. That's why the Bible says he was subtle. He was crafty. He was able to use his words in a way that if you felt like you were supposed to be offended, you were unsure because he didn't come off offensive. He didn't use strong words. He used subtle words. But her discernment should have been sharp because your discernment Is sharp enough, if you're moving in the Holy Spirit, to see what the enemy is doing. Because the Bible says the word of God in chapter 4 of Hebrews, the word of God is alive. And it is able to discern between what? The soul and the spirit. So if you're fellowshipping in that, it shouldn't have fooled you, but let's keep reading. It says, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, that your eyes will be open, and ye shall be God. God's knowing good and evil. Here's another thing. She was made in the image and likeness of God. The Lord had already confirmed that affirmed that made it be known into her. That was something foundational already given by her father. You come from me. I made you. You are already God's. Here's he coming again saying he knows in that moment that your eyes will be open. In what you shall be God wait I'm already made in the image and likeness of God how can I be more God than what he's already made this is how he's luring her in. this is how he's seducing her this is how he's seducing her and I'm not pointing this out because she's a woman I'm going somewhere stay with me I'm going somewhere with this there's a reason why we're starting here because again what I told you is how we end is how we begin This is what the enemy's doing. Let's keep going. So he tells her, you're knowing good and evil. Now, here's the other thing. They didn't know good and evil. The Lord did not put that capacity in them. How do I know? Let's read down a little bit further. Let's read down a little bit further. In verse 22, it says this. I'm just going to, this is a side note, just to kind of give you scripture. It says here in verse 22 of the third chapter of Genesis, it says, and the Lord God said, behold, the man... Man, The man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. This is the Lord speaking. He's become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Says that he was made in the image and likeness of God, but he knew no good and evil because he didn't need to. God did not make that known to him. The Lord was, God has made, him, God himself has the capacity to know good and evil, but good and evil does not influence him and who he is. He is righteous all times. So whether it's good times or bad times, God is righteous, but he did not give Adam and Eve that capacity. He just made them in his image and likeness and he made them without that. Now, was he going to ever give them that at some point? Maybe, maybe not, but I would rather ask God for those things than to try to go out about it another way. And this is what the devil did. The devil offered another way to get something that they should have went to the Lord first for. And if God didn't see fit for you to have it, then you didn't need it. And it didn't take nothing away. It didn't, va- it didn't invalidate you. It didn't demote you. It didn't take any Godship or godhead away from you. You were made in the image and likeness of God. God said it, let, it be that, let that be settled. But the enemy speaks to them and gets them to doubt. He's convincing her that you're not like God and that God is not telling the truth. Are you seeing what I'm seeing here? This is what happens subtly. They convince you of something that is not true or it's not what it appears to be to seduce you and to deceive you. So the Lord says this, that he's like us now, knowing good and evil, unless he puts forth his hand and take on the tree of life and eat and stay this way forever. So the Lord had to get him out of the garden because if he ate of the tree of life, he would have lived forever in the state that he could not redeem man would have not been redeemed a bull if he would have ate the tree of life. So he had to get him out before he ate, because why God wanted to redeem man. That should be a lesson to you right away. Just even from the start, if God is giving you something and he deems seems fit for you to not to have something, be okay with that. Don't try to grab for more when he is not giving you more. But it doesn't say that the enemy won't offer you more or 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 show you another way to get more that looks like god and if you are not discerning or you're not picking up this wait a minute this is not the lord you're going to be in trouble and you will be what deceived let's go to matthew chapter 24. Had to start at the beginning because we got to go where it all started. So it isn't just he was lying to her and deceiving her. Deception holds weight when I can convince you of something. I want you to keep that. Remember that deception can only hold its weight when I can convince you of something not to be true or not what it appears to be. Hold on to that because why? You're going to see why as we dig into more. Uh, Verse 24, I mean, excuse me, um, chapter 24 of Matthew, verse uh, 4. And it says, Jesus said unto them, take ye heed that no man deceive you. No man deceive you. Why? Because men who are wicked can deceive you and will deceive you to get what they want. Some of us on here have been betrayed or been deceived by people thought thinking or appearing to be something and they were not, or even convincing us that they would do, or they would be, or they would do, and they didn't. And you fell for it and you were left hanging, holding the bag. You were left hurt. You were left. Your heart was broken. You were left feeling like you've been used and abused. And if this is done enough, then your heart is really broken. Or you've already had brokenness already, and now all of a sudden it just is sought in your in the womb. And now you trust no one. Or you push people away. Because why? Deception. So Jesus said, let no man deceive you. Goes on and says here, let no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name. Hmm. And shall deceive many. Many shall come in my name. Here's the thing that's interesting. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning, he is the only way to the Father. He has the only truth that is true. And he has the ability to give you the life that the Father is supposed to give you. He's the only way. But he said here, be careful, be aware. Many shall come in my name. So what is that saying to you? Many will come in his name, presenting themselves to be him, but what? Offering a what? A false truth, a false way, and a false life. Because only he himself can give you the life that the Father intended for you to have since since the beginning. He can only give you the truth, the true bread from heaven that brings true revelation. And that revelation of God brings peace and life and not more abundantly. He's the only one that can give you the way. That is a way that no one can make. It is a path that is smooth and plain. And it's right for the, uh, for the, for the people of God to walk across. Yes, it may be narrow, but it's a pathway. It's an opening to where you need to get to. And yes, the Broadway looks to, looks attractive because everybody's on it. So it must be right. Don't fall for that. That's how the enemy tricked Eve. That's how the enemy tricked Adam. Eve partakes of the fruit. She doesn't die. Nothing happens. She shows her husband the apples or whatever the fruit was. The husband looks. He knows better. He knows what's in her hands. He heard and knows what God told him not to do. But he's also staring at the fact that she's not dead because god said the moment you partake you shall die now does it mean that adam did not understand that he was god didn't make sure he understood that or you know no i i believe adam understood i can't believe that god our god doesn't help adam understand that he was talking about a spiritual death that he was talking about separation from him he was talking about all of creation falling But nevertheless, even if he didn't, the fact is your creator told you not to do something. Does your mom and dad have to explain to you all the times about what you're doing? No. If they tell you don't do this, your job is to obey. And he didn't obey. And the enemy got him because when he looked at the woman, he saw she was not dead. So what appeared... To be not dead was really dead, but because there was no fruit to see, there was nothing happening, he could tell that she was that she was already spiritually dead. He was deceived to partake. And then creation fell. The enemy has used people or will use things to convince you. And sometimes you'll see the lack of evidence that this thing is bad. This thing isn't bad as what people say. It's not as bad as what they're pointing out. You guys are just overthinking and you guys are just over spiritual, You're over spiritualizing everything. But because it does not appear to be what has been said, doesn't mean it isn't. And if you're judging that based on what you're seeing, your sight will fool you. What you hear will fool you. The only thing that we've been given by God to be able to be able to discern correctly and to know is the spirit of God that lives in you. Because the Bible says that the spirit of God weighs everything, judges everything by truth. Who is truth? Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. So Jesus tells us here in verse 24, don't be deceived. There are many that are coming in my name. And, and, and sadly, in history, we've had a lot of people come and say, I'm the one offering a way and then killing a bunch of people because the way that seemeth right to a man, the end thereof is destruction. So any other way other than Jesus is leading to destruction. This is the trick of the enemy, deception. I showed you the father of lies. I showed you the father of deception, deceiving Eve and showing you now Jesus is saying, be aware. Because others will come in my name offering you a way. And it's not the way that I have offered you. It's another way that appears to be good, that appears to be light. It's almost like a counterfeit husband. You're waiting and praying for the right mate to come along, and all of a sudden, this thing appears to be something, but really it's not. And we got to have eyes to see the counterfeit. Because why? Coming. This season, this next season and beyond, the the deception level is going to step up. It's going to get even that more convincing. The Bible says that the very elect, the very chosen, the very children of God would be deceived if it were possible. What is he saying? He's saying that deception is going to be convincing to a whole nother level that it would appear to look like this has got to be God. It almost seems, it's almost like a a, a tree that is really a bad tree, but it's posing as a good tree, bearing what? Good fruit. And you're like, oh, wow, that really is some good fruit on there. The Bible says no bad tree can bear good fruit. That's truth. Only good trees can bear good fruit. So if the tree is bad, the fruit's going to be bad too. It just appears to be good the moment you bite in it, what? You get the bad, you get ensnared. Because why? It's almost like, oh, he's not that bad. He's rough around the edges, but he's not that bad. No, he's not that bad. Uh -uh. She's not that bad. She's really sweet. Nobody's fruit can be good and the tree be bad. If the tree is bad, the fruit is bad. Even if it appears to be something else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I pray you guys stay on tonight. I pray some I see leaving. I hope that they're, they're not leaving. Maybe I, I pray to you because I really strongly urge you. This is what we're up against. Deception is getting ready to step up. And not only did Jesus say it, but the apostles said it. They, they, they echoed what Jesus said, talked about us being deceived. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. What's another way deception can be carried out? And we're going somewhere. Mark chapter 8. Turn to Mark chapter 8. Verse 15. I can't stop Jesus from dying. But what? I'm going to deceive man. I'm going to create a lot of different ways. I'm going to create a lot of different fashions. And a lot of different groups. Why? For the purpose to what? To separate. To conquer. So the people don't stand together, Matthew 15, Matthew eight, chapter 15 says this, and Jesus was charging them. We'll start at verse, verse 14. It says, now the disciples have forgotten to take the bread. Neither had they any in the ship, any more bread. And then Jesus charged them and said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. See, Do you, you, you see there, there's a prime example of flesh not understanding what he's talking about. Because what he's talking about is something in the spirit. And unless it's being revealed, the flesh can't pick it up. They think he's talking about, because leaven, we understand, is in bread. Leaven is the part that helps the bread to rise. And so they're thinking, oh man, Jesus is talking about bread. So I'm talking about bread. He was talking about something else spiritual. And they were on, they were not on the same page. We don't want to be that way. We want to be in step with Jesus. And it goes on and says in verse 17, it says, And when Jesus knew what they were saying, saying amongst himself, Why reason ye because I have no bread? Perceive ye not and understand what is in your heart? Why is your heart so hard? Like he's like, dude, you've been walking with me. How is it that you don't know this? How is it that you are not gauging that I'm not talking about natural bread that you're eating but I'm talking about something else something spiritual can I tell you that the, the leaven of the Pharisees is the religious spirit the leaven of Herod is the, is the is the leaven of of the political spirit what is leaven or what is leaven what is he talking about leaven leaven is their theology their wisdom their their philosophy on how they do things so when you, if you're if you're a Baptist, you follow the Baptist way, if that makes sense. If you were a Catholic, you follow the Catholic way. If you were um, a Trinitarian, you follow the Trinitarian way. Uh, if you were a Calvinist, you follow the Calvinist way. For the political spirit, well, if you're a Libertarian, you follow the Libertarian way. If you're an Independent, an Independent. If you're a Democrat, you're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, you're a Republican. Do you see what I'm saying? And each one of those fashions, each one of those. Uh, group people groups have what an ideology. They have a theology, they have a righteousness that is self uh, self uh, self-made. It's not made by God. it's made by themselves. That's why you get two people from two different groups fighting amongst themselves why because one thinks they're right and the other one is wrong and the other one thinks he's wrong and he's right are you getting what i'm saying and if you get people if you create these type of groups and you put that out there and you and people buy into that guess what happened it divides the people even more and so now you got a bunch of people that are a part of different groups or different things and what they are divided against their own self and they can't see the other person's side because why they have a self-righteous that is self-made, that is man-made by man, and it's blind them. So they don't ever see what you're saying. They just know that you're wrong because you're not a part of them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is what they've been doing. This is what they did, and they're going to do even more. So people of God have to wake up. We can't be up under these things because God didn't call us to be up under those things. We're to come and bring change. But we're not to come up under that ideology. Why? Because if we come up under that, then we cannot see clearly. And that's what they've done. And Jesus said, be aware. This is in his time, 2,000 years ago. So it's even worse now. But 2,000 years ago, they had the same problem. People fighting, people divided. Do you know, on a side note, your constitution, if you know the Constitution, do you know the Constitution says in itself that when government is not doing or right by the people, that the people have a right to overthrow and get government out and put a new government in that will be for the people? That's in the Constitution. It's not taken out. It is in the Constitution because the forefathers wrote that in because they they didn't believe in tyranny. They didn't believe in Uh, uh, a dictatorship. They wanted a government that was for the people and by the people. But can I ask you a question? Is our government for the people and by the people? Mm -mm. It really isn't. But we have a bunch of groups that think they're right and all this has been done to keep people separate. That's deception. That's deception. Deception isn't just lying to you. Deception is keeping you away or out of agreement with your fellow man so i'll tell him one thing he will believe another he will believe another none of you believe the same it's like the enemy's form of the tower of babel here's the interesting thing when you think about the tower of babel the tower of babel only reason why that happened god change the languages because man spoke one language was because man had risen up in his heart and said we will not spread all over the earth like god said we will stay here and build a tower into heaven, cause why? They believe, or they 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 didn't trust that God was going to what? Keep His word and and not flood the earth anymore. Bible said, Lord said, I will not do that ever again. So we are gonna build a tower into into the heavens to do what? To do our thing. So God says, I come down to confound the languages and the people who spoke the same languages. What eventually left and moved all over the earth because it was God's will for the the earth to be filled with people, not to be conjugated in one area. So when man decides they're going to do their own thing, the Lord has to come down and stir that up, move it. But he never meant the languages to keep people separate or keep us never to talk to one another ever again. No, that was never the case. So we see the enemies doing the same thing because he is not a creator. He is an isn't he's, he's a he's a perverter so he takes the same thing and he says what i'm going to take deception to a whole new level i'm going to create different groups i'm going to create different groups with their different theology their different ideologies and it's going to sound good it's even i'll tell you i'll uh, just tell you there are certain groups out there that appear to be good or not good and when you research them and you dig in you'll find out wow they're not really not for us they're they have an agenda but the agenda is not us the agenda is to divide are you hearing what i'm saying This is important for us going forward. If we're going to impact the political realm, if we're going to impact the seven mountains of God, the seven mountains on this earth, the seven mountains of influence, whether it's business, arts and entertainment, education, family, religion, if we're going to go in as believers, as the remnant and have true impact, if the salt is going to have its saltness, if the salt is going to have impact and bring flavor, bring change to things that are happening, we have to know what we're dealing with. We can't be lazy. We can't can't be full of everything else and not in the know about what's going on around us. Because Jesus warned us 2,000 years ago. He was telling them then. Here we are 2,000 years ago, and we're faced with this. Do you know Christianity? There are three main main religions in the world. Judaism, Christianity, and uh, Islam. Do you know Islam? They're divided a little bit. But they they all, Muslims, do believe the same. Same with the Jews. They may have little strands, but they all believe. Do you know that the Christians are the ones that are, there's at least 30 different thousand versions of Christianity. Think about that. That's a Selah moment right there. Why are we so divided? Because when you carry the one who is the way, the truth and the life. And he comes to bring that to the world. Do you really think the enemy was going to allow that to come into the world and and really change everything? No, not without a fight. So the Christians are all against each other, eating, feasting on each other, thinking they're right and you're wrong. That was never the plan of God. Let's keep moving. The Lord said, I believe this in this time, too, we're going to see this here. Look at Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 12, verse uh, uh, verse chapter 1, verse 1. And it says this, in the meantime, this is Luke chapter 12, verse 1. It says, in the meantime, when we were gathered together in an innumerable m- amount of people, insomuch that uh, they, 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 they kind of tro- they walked on each other, he began to say unto them, first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which are hip- 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 hypocrisy. Verse two, it says, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. There is nothing hidden that shall not be made known. What is he saying there? There's coming a time where that which has been hidden, that which has been hidden, withheld from us is going to come to light. And I believe as truth begins to come, as the remnant begins to arise, as things that were hidden, that that, that, were, uh, that were hidden for the purpose that we would know is going to come to light, is only a precursor to the one who is truth that is going to come. And I believe truth will begin to happen. People will begin to find things. Here's the interesting thing. When you think about uh, all the secrets that are on the earth, all the things that are on the earth. Do we know all these things? I don't think we know all these things, but these things are going to be revealed. Things that have hidden and kept from us are going to be revealed, and we need to be mindful of it. We need to be watchful. Why? Because all this here is pointing to Jesus. The one who is truth is going to come and set the record straight, but we're going to see truth unveiled. We're going to see some things that were lies that are going to fail. Why? They've been right before our face. They've been right in our face, and we can't see them. We haven't known it to be there because it's so systematically uh, hidden and it's so part of the everyday life. You can't see it. Can I tell you? It's in scripture. Let's go. Let's go to Revelations. Let's jump to Revelations. 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 And you can read this on your own. This is uh, Revelation chapter 18. I'm just going to read bits and pieces of it. Revelation chapter 18, beginning at at verse 1. And it says, And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lit, lit up with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen and has fallen and has become the habitation. Now, here's the thing. Babylon has become the habitation of devils and holding every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird birds sometimes were translated as evil spirits when I, when he's talking about Babylon falling he's not just talking about a city he is talking about a system a system that housed devils a system that housed foul spirits and demonic spirits that are systematically in there. How are they in there? Their, their thought, their ideology, because you have the wisdom of this world is demonic in James chapter four. It talks about the wisdom of this world is demonic and the wisdom of God is full of peace. It's righteous. There's a difference. And so you've got things that are holding things together and they're fabricated to benefit those that are in allegiance to the kingdom of darkness. Let's read on a little bit further. So for all nations have drunk of the wine and the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of this earth have committed fornications with her. And the merchants of this earth have waxed rich in abundance of her delicacy. Those that have pledged their allegiance. Those that have made themselves uh, uh, an alliance with have gained riches beyond their wildest dreams. Can I give you an example? When you sell your soul to the devil for fame and fortune. That is a prime example because what you're doing is he is giving you an access to, to, to riches and fame in a system that has been structured for them. Can I tell you some of our actresses and our superstars that are billionaires, riches, but they have to do dark things to pledge their allegiance. These are the people that need to be saved. These are the people we we need to reach out to. If you're in the arts and entertainment, you got to. People in business, selling their souls out for money, for the spirit of mammon. Mammon is a god. It's money. That was what the rich young ruler was guilty of. He wanted eternal life, but when eternal life met him and told him, sell the thing that is in your way of receiving eternal life, he couldn't part with it because the thing that he couldn't part with was his god. And it had his treasure. The Bible says where your heart is, where the treasure is, that's where your heart is. His treasure was in money. His treasure was in self. Let's keep reading. When will keep reading. verse four, it says, hear, hear another voice of the heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that she be not partakers of her sin, that she not receive of her plagues. There is a call to come out from among her because that system is going to fail. It's going to be exposed for what it is. But if you're a part of that, you get pulled in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And and there's this call, come out, come out, come out from among that. Why? Because this system has been set up to deceive and and to systematically keep things where they need to be it is a system that is set up to keep people separate, never gathering together, because why? There's strength in numbers. Do you know there's strength in numbers? The Bible says a thousand can put one a flight, uh, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. So if you got us on here that are about 15 of us in here praying for a particular thing, we could see some things move if we could get people together. Do you see why the enemy fight the believers so hard? He fights them to keep them separate because he understands. The power that we possess when we stand together and we take the land. We stand together and we contend for our situation. We stand together with our brothers and sisters and we lean in even fast to see these things move. He understands that. And so he wants not only no one, not only the believers to stand together as a community, but what? He he doesn't want the believers to spread the gospel so that others can come in and be saved and be a part of that community. So that the earth can what? be filled with the knowledge of the uh, the glory of God, but he ain't going to stop God because the Bible says the uh, the kingdom of darkness may rage, may get upset, may shake the gate, but they cannot prevail against the things of God. They cannot stop the things of God, but it does not mean that they're not trying to do what they've been doing. Let's keep reading. For her sins have reached heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Let's keep going. It goes on in verse 8. It says, therefore... She shall plague her plague shall come in one day Mourning and famine shall be utterly burned with fire. Strong is the Lord. Lord is the Lord is prophesying. He's speaking. John, the revelator who wrote this is speaking about a time when that system is going to crash. When you think about this, I want to give you an example. Some of us we've been in school, we learned this in, in elementary, we learned this in high school and we also experienced it in 2008. There are two times in American history where we had a crash. I almost wanna say three times, but two times that are that are notable in history. 1929, when there was a cra- the first crash of the stock market. And if you go back and read history and the accounts, there were people, because they were trusting in their, God, in their money, their God, do you know people were jumping out of windows killing themselves? They were jumping out of the windows, killing themselves because they thought, all was lost that was what we call the Great Depression and that lasts for a few years people were killing themselves because their money was their God they were deceived to believe that that money was going to keep them they were like rich young ruler believing that their salvation in this life and a life to come came through money came through what you had materialism it's not saying you're supposed to be poor I'm not saying you don't supposed to have but when that becomes uh, the means to an end that becomes the thing that you serve, that becomes the thing that your life is built around, you're in trouble. Because if you lose that, you will very well essentially lose your life. The Bible says, "What will it gain? The whole, what would it gain? What, will, what would it, what would a man gain to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What would he gain? Nothing. Yes, he is richer than everybody. He's got plenty of money that lasts ten lifetimes. But what if his soul is bankrupt? He'll be in hell." It's just what it is, but this is what people believe. That's what happened in 2008 people too lost things. People's money was tied. They were believing in this. What am I saying to you? This system has the ability to fail and it's going to fail because why? It's an unjust system because we're not just talking about money. We're talking about the system of justice as well. It's not just, it's very biased to certain people and it is, and it is not favorable to others. It's a system that is an unjust system because it was created from the kingdom of darkness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is what Revelations is revealing, that that system that has been determining and dictating things is going to come to an end. Now, do you see why we need the Lord even more? Because his kingdom is greater. Without the Lord, we would not have the open doors or the, or the things that we have today without him. We would have to fight and be, we'd have to be like them. We would have to be like them. We would have to be like the world to get anything. And you would basically have to sell out to get everything. And that's what others have done to get what they get. Let's keep reading. It goes on, and says, And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man will buy their merchandise anymore. These are people that have gotten rich. These are people that have that have benefited off of this. They're, they've been deceived. When we read, read something else, this is for one hour, So great riches come to naught. Every shipmaster, any company in the ship, sailors, and, and many trades by sea stood off afar, and they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning sand, what a city like unto this great city. They cast their dust on their head, and cried, and wept, and wailed, and alas, the great city, which made all who had ships in the sea by reason costlessness in one hour all that was gone their riches was gone in one hour we're talking about deception i started with a simple deception in the garden an enemy used deception in a way to convince what if they've convinced people today of give you an example some of them convinced the jews when you talk about the Holocaust, they convinced people that the Jews were not people. They were aliens. And people believed it. The the, the slavery. Slavery. They when 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 slavery was free, this this given when slavery was emancipated in 1865. Parent plan, plan planned parenthood was established in the early 1900s and it was established to exterminate the black race. We didn't know this but we know this now because all this stuff is coming out now. All this information is coming out now. It was set up to exterminate the black race because they did not like black people being free. Here's the other thing black people wasn't even considered human. They were considered three-quarters or three fifths of a person. So they were like property. But this is what they convinced people to believe. Are you seeing what I'm saying? This is one of many things that they've competed. Here's another thing that all of us can relate to. They will tell you that an embryo in a woman's stomach is not a baby. It's no life. That's not life. That's just that's just some cells so you can you can discard it you can dis you can get rid of it it's not life so they they they're saying that when a man and woman come together and make something and that woman realizes that something is growing on the inside it is not life it is not a baby they have convinced the world and guess what and people believe it do you see how I, what i'm saying the deception, how deception is working, it's working by convincing you because it's not it's deception will not hold its weight if you're not convinced. So I got to convince you that it's not what it says it is. That's what he did with the woman. He told her, you shall, you shall not die. That's not true. But God knows in that moment you shall be what? Like God. Knowing good and evil. He convinced her that she wouldn't die, but that she would be like God, who she was already like. Do you see that? That's what's happening. And that's what's going to happen even more as we move forward. So what am I saying tonight? What am I saying tonight is that the word, the truth, we need to feast on. Because God wants to reveal. He wants to give us revelation. He wants to give us insight. He wants to sharpen our discernment so that we are not deceived. We are not fooled in the believing or being convinced when they're trying to convince you. The oil prices. Listen, we. we this is like I'm I, the oil prices. The oil goes up, and what do we hear? Oh, that a ship, uh, was a uh, bombed or or the ship start leaking a whole bunch of tanker leak leaked a whole bunch of oil in the in the lake. Or in the ocean and that's why the prices had to go up or there was an explosion at the refinery and that's why the prices had to go up and people believe that you're being convinced I never forget this I'm sharing this with you guys never forget this if you guys remember when they were talking about there was an oil shortage that the earth was not producing oil was not producing oil and I never forget this watching CNN and CNN on CNN I was watching this and they said this notable geologist was going to come on and share and talk about support their, their theory or what, what was, what they deemed to be true. Somebody didn't give him the memo because when he got on there, he said, oh yes, I'm so, 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 so from this school, I got 10 degrees. Oh yes, the earth, the way God, he didn't say God, he said the way the earth has been made, it is made to replenish itself. The oil is not being is not disappearing. It's actually replenishing itself. The moment he said that, they pulled the plug and they, they changed it. They changed it. It went black. And when they came back, that guy was not on. And I was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? You guys are on TV lying, telling people that the earth is not uh create more oil when God created it to replenish itself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And people were convinced. And that is what the enemy is doing. He is convincing people. Convincing you to pay attention to this because this is what it is when it really isn't. And if he can convince you, then that deception, that seed of deception can land and grow in you. And Jesus warned us and said, be not deceived. Because deception is, in the kingdom of darkness, whether it is on the on the macro level what is on the micro level, very individual, or on the macro level, it is meant to deceive and to hurt and to kill and to steal and to destroy because it is it is the attributes of the enemy. But I'm gonna land this plane, I'm gonna bring it home. Before I bring it home. This is why the deception is going to be, it'll, it'll land. And this is what we need to be mindful of and flee from second Timothy verse two says this because Christianity has to step it up us as believers. We got to step it up. We cannot be fleshly. We gotta be, we gotta be walking in the spirit. The Bible says, he says, them that walk in the spirit, they will feel, they won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust, what it you mean by the lust of the flesh? What the flesh desires. That's what lust means, what the flesh desires. When I'm walking in the spirit, I'm walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And if I'm walking in step with the Holy Spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of my flesh. Who wants to do wrong? Who wants to satisfy itself? Are you are you clear on what I'm saying? This, and because Christianity, or because uh, Christianity is not where it should be in terms of we need to be walking more in the spirit, we are more fleshly. We are more materialism. The message of the American gospel is more materialism centered around get, 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 get. If you give God, he's going to give you more. So people don't give God out of honor. They give God for the purpose to what? To get more. Not out of honor when giving to the Lord had nothing to do with getting more. God was going to bless you anyway because that was part of the covenant. But that giving was saying, God, you've been so good to me. I want to be good to you. I want to offer this unto you that's what offering was about that's what tithes was all about but it has turned into this 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 like like pull the slot machine you see what you get from god and that's what it's turned to it's very materialistic it's about getting 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 getting, getting, and not about advancing the kingdom not about loving your brother not about standing going the extra mile with your brother none of the gospel are you hearing what i'm saying this is that how things have got turned out and this is why it's going to stick with some, even some you're sitting in church with, because everybody ain't going after Jesus truly from their heart. Some are just there. Some are part there for the Jesus. Even Jesus said this, you follow me because you want the fish and loaves. You're not here for the bread that is eternal. He said, labor, not for that, which perishes, that is temporal, but labor that for that, which is eternal. They were following Jesus, came to the other side of the river because why? He had fed the 5,000 fish and loaves, supernaturally fed them, and they were excited. So some people are going to follow you because they recognize the blessing on your life and they want to what? They want to siphon some in. They want to get some by association. Jesus said, mm, labor for that which is eternal. 2 Second, Second Timothy verse 3, it says this, Know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men will become lovers of, lovers of their own self, covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, without natural affection, true, a truth breaker, false accusers, fierce, uh, spisers of those that do good, traitors, heady, high-mindedness, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And it says here that they'll be ever learning, never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. That even some of those are like those that withstood Moses, Janus and Jamborees who withstood Moses, who were reprobates in their own heart. Their heart was hardened against God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of our brothers and sisters that are sitting in church with us are in this space. They carry one of these in their space and if they don't get free from that, that deception will grab them and get them. And they will believe. This here is a picture of the false church that's going to emerge. They have a form, they like the form, they like all the Christianese words, but they don't like the power of God, why? Because the power of God has the power to transform, deliver. And when you are in love with what you're in love with and you don't want to be set free or you don't think you've been convinced that you don't need to set free, because why? We convinced you that Jesus loves everybody and he loves you as to who you are, which is true. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But this is what the enemy, this is the twist the enemy put on it. So you can stay the way you are. Because he accepts you for just who you are. When the love of God meets you where you are and bring you into who God truly made you to be, because it was his will and his desire that you would come in the earth at this time in this season, born to those parents. Because there's something you're he's going to do in your life. But the gospel that is being told is that this form of Jesus is that he accepts. He's a hotel that accommodates everybody. Everybody comes in one way and they leave the same way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is what this is. And that's why they don't want the power. They deny the power. Because the power brings about change, reformation, healing, deliverance. It brings you in what, what God desired for you. And that same spirit that is in the world is the same spirit that was in the Tower of Babel where they said, we don't want to spread out over the world because God said, we want to build a tower into heaven. We want to do what we want to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what's happening. And that's what's going to emerge. And they're going to believe a false gospel. They're going to run with that. And then guess what's going to happen? They're going to convince the world the, the 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 kingdom of darkness is going to convince the world that you guys are the false church. You guys are haters. You guys don't carry the real Jesus because the real Jesus would accept me for who I am. I don't have to change. He likes me being who I am. He has no problem with me dictating and determining what. What, nas- or, uh, uh, what 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 gender I want to be? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so that's why the saints of God got to be praying and fasting. We got to be in step with the spirit because the enemy is convincing people. And that's what he does. He convinces you that something is not true or this here is not what it appeared to be. And that's what he did in the beginning. And that's what he's going to do even now, even in this time. And we, the saints of God, have got to be on our watch. And we got to to pray for our fellow man. We got to pray for our fellow brother. Because our fellow brother may not be in the know about this. They may not be in the know. And we need to pray for them. Because why? Ephesians chapter 4. Bible says this. He gave us some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, leaders, for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of ministry, for the edifying of the body. Edifying means building, building of the body, building them. Why? So that we can house the spirit of God, so we can house the glory of God to be shared all over the earth. For the perfecting of the saints, The work in the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith, believing, standing for the same thing, of the knowledge of who Jesus is. So it isn't just that's key there. It says, till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, knowledge of the Son of God knowledge of the son of god why is that important because there are some people sitting in church with you that don't believe in the same jesus you believe in you may believe in the jesus of the gospel that he died he rose again he preached against sin he called out things he loved those who were in hurtful places and called them into a better place but you got some that believe I don't I don't need to change. I can be who I am. I can do what I'm doing. I can still be doing the things I want to do out here. And Jesus still loves me for who I am. Yes, it is true he loves you. But he's not trying to leave you where you are. He wants to bring you up higher. Can you imagine your parents loving you for who you are, but they but you but they want better for you and they try to encourage you to step in better and you don't want to embrace it? You just want to be who you are. There are a lot of people that are going to be like that, that want to do what they want to do and not believe they've been sent here to do something, to create something. We all been sent here to create something. And so we've been given these gifts from heaven to build, to build, to bring us in the true knowledge. Of who Jesus is because why Jesus said many will come and say I'm Christ so there's gonna be a bunch of Jesus's that are preaching a false gospel a false narrative that will lead many astray if we don't step in love you Kevin blessings man blessings I'm landing in the plane I'm landing the plane uh, it goes on and says here son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ therefore we henceforth Be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and the cunning and craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher is a gift from God to equip and strengthen and build and help the body so did the body is not children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by men who are agents of the enemy, lying in wait to deceive. We gotta wake up. We gotta stand for what the Lord says. And if God told you, matter of fact, like I told you at the beginning, If anybody comes to you and tell you, well, the Lord didn't say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, stop, we're not going to have this conversation because God told me, and I'm going to stand with that. (laughs) The fact that you're speaking against and telling me that my God doesn't say those things or doesn't mean that, and it's founded in scripture, we ain't going to have this conversation. We got to be careful. That means you got to know your word. You got to know what the word says so that you can stand, so that you can know how to refute that and know when that's nonsense and just don't. I'm not here to argue the word. The word itself is self-affirming. But you're led of the enemy trying to what? Isn't it interesting, Jesus, when right after Peter gets the revelation? Right after Peter gets the revelation, or maybe you need to turn, you might need to turn your phone up because I got my mic up turned up pretty loud. Um, right after Peter gets the revelation about who Jesus is, then Peter, then then Jesus tells him. I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to be in the earth for three days and I'm going to be raised. And Peter tells him, you will not go to the cross. You are not going to die. And Jesus, now I'm paraphrasing, and Jesus says this, get thee behind me, Satan, for you are mindful of the things of man, not for the things of God. Jesus understood that was not Peter speaking. He understood that was the enemy trying to speak through Peter, trying to convince Jesus that he was not Going to die, and Jesus was not going to fall for that. Do you know the enemy will use people that are close to you to convince you? Because deception isn't deception if it's not hidden, if it's not laced. The truth has the enemy uses the truth to lace it, and he laces it with a lie. And sometimes he doesn't play fair. He will use people that you truly respect to say things to lead you, and that means they themselves are compromised. So the, that's why Bible in John says this. John says test and John, first John, chapter four, John, first John, chapter four, says this. this, this is the one of the last letters that Apostle John wrote to the, the church of Ephesus. He was warning them of the times. He was warning them and he told them. he said, believe, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try every spirit, whether they be of God. For because many false prophets are gone out into the world, why were the false prophets gone out into the world to deceive, to speak definition, to prophesy? Everything ain't guiding, Everything that you hear somebody prophesying isn't of the Lord. You need to take that to the Lord. We should. That's how. That's being. That's what it is to be a good steward. Hereby you know the spirit of God, and every spirit that confesses Jesus is Christ and has come in the flesh. He is of God. We got to know. We got to know because why? The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher have been given to help us to fight against that, to stand against that. An enemy, the Bible says in in, in 2 Corinthians, has his agents of light who are false apostles, who are false prophets, who are false pastors and teachers who come appearing. To deceive. Because why? The enemy wants to take as many of God's people into hell with him. He wants to bring many, he wants to give God's people hell. He's so angry, he's so angry at God, he goes at you to get to God is what is what it really is. So what I'm saying tonight, don't entertain when the serpent says, like Eve did. Don't entertain because God, because the enemy just doesn't deceive women. He deceived man too. Everybody, all of creation was deceived. Matter of fact, the creation didn't fall until man fell. So we started with that to give you a picture and to show you this is what he's been up to. And this is what he's going to continue to do even to the very end. And he will use anything to convince the people of God. And we got to be on our game. Amen. You know what?